doing this morning actually you dropped a mister so I, well mostly i've dropped a mister yeah uh i felt uh it, it was too formal for a lot of people okay <laughs> <laughs> my, um, my father is mr zubez in this month we have a burger sitting out again so i guess we're doing the crab shack or the crab yeah burger. we gotta i'm gonna put up like uh you know milk cartons and and wanted <laughs> missing posters for for burger this is two two months in a row now well uh burger needed some slow gears and he yeah. had a lot of work travel this month and yep. as we get into it one of the two tunes is probably a good slow gear option yes definitely <laughs> so we will um we're but zubaz is famously a massive atlantean fan so yeah actually this is like a full full circle moment kind of my my first appearance ever on WROL was uh talking about Aqualad the first time he was released yeah and then now you've become the most famous of all the (laughs) (laughs) people are you on um Crime Alley podcast too now. I am on Crime Alley. Um, okay. I've I've been upgraded to like a regular cast member there. Especially uh, Du Bois just had a his own Du Bois, uh, so he's been very busy with his new new kids. So they needed somebody to kind of round out that crew. Um, so I'm kind of full time there, and then make regular appearances here. Got my one off on on AAD, so kind of made the rounds. Always visit 2D Tron when I can, and then uh, M4 Stream. I've I've become like a regular sidekick basically <laughs> yeah so you're on literally everything yeah <laughs> you've you've uh you've taken up my old mantle for being in everything yeah and now i'm i appreciate that <laughs> I'm, I'm the quiet one and you're everywhere um the yeah i haven't listened to the last crime alley podcast and i think i missed the one before it after they took that long hiatus i kind of i yeah, and then we, we said we were going to get a regular thing going, and then we wound up taking a little bit longer of a break than we like to uh, with the most recent thing. But I think starting this month, um, we're, we're definitely going to be doing some more stuff. And we have the, the Toonies coming up, which is kind of like our year-end give all the awards out for the best stuff of the year. So I think that that should be a really fun episode. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I got to listen. I saw the last one was State of the Game. So Yeah. And then, um, so be sure to check out Crime Alley Podcast. I'll be on Atlantis After Dark today recording, which will probably come out right around the same time as this episode. So I'm sure we'll talk raids. But let's get into the new tunes. Let's why don't why don't we start negative and end positive? So let's start <laughs> with with um with Garth. So if you want to give us yeah. the the standard lore. Yeah, so so Garth is and and a lot of people know Garth is a tune that I have been asking for for a very long time. Um Garth is he's the original Aqualad. Uh, you know, he, he dates back. He's, he's one of the longest standing like sidekicks that there was. His, his first appearance was in 1960. Um, and, uh, you know, he started out as basically the same as everybody's sidekick. Uh, he, he was speedy. He was Robin. He was, he was just the, the guy that was going to accompany Aquaman for everything. And over time, they, they wound up developing him into a, a much stronger character um 
he uh, you know he joins the Teen Titans. He's one of the original Titans members. And then from there, in the the really the big push was like the late '90s, early 2000s. They decide we're just going to completely revamp this character, and they make him into one of the most powerful, like sorcerer slash magicians in the entire DC universe. Um, they they basically built it out so that Atlantis is the center of magic uh, in in on Earth. And because of that, every Atlantean now is kind of imbued with, like, all these magical powers, all these magical properties. Um, And Tempest was their focus of, like, okay, he's going to be the guy. Um, And then they go through that. He he survives Blackest Night. And then the new 52 comes along, and they just completely forget about him. Uh, Like, (laughs) it just completely goes to the wayside. They don't do anything with him. And in the, the process, they introduce... The new Aqualad, um, you know, Jackson Hyde slash Calderam, uh, which we'll get to, I guess, later. But but because of that, he has not he, he has seen a significantly diminished role in the last couple of years. Um, but but it seems like they may be bringing him back in a bigger way soon. Um, so so that's kind of the backstory on Aqualad, his uh, or on Garth, rather his best thing, if, if any recommended reading on him. Um, Tempest, he has his own four-issue series uh, that was really, really excellent. And then also the the Justice League Obsidian Age. Um, this is right after Aquaman dies the first time. Uh, and they, they kind of have Tempest stepping into his role is, is a really good series as well. I think I did read a little bit of that, but it's not coming back to me at the moment. Yeah, he he winds up like serving as like the the all the Justice League heroes kind of get lost in what they call the Obsidian Age, and Tempest serves as like the guy that's kind of still on Earth, uh, figuring everything out, and he's the only link that they have to. I think it's like three thousand years in the past, uh, and and you you get to see really how strong he is. Um, you know, later on, Darkseid uses him as like one of his conduits for Earth, um, and and he says it's it's because Tempest is one of the only like the only strong enough individual that can actually handle what what Darkseid is trying to do. Now, as in the game, what would you say? Kind of your early, just your initial thoughts. <laughs> you have them. What what do you have them at now? Right now, I do have him at L one, okay. um, so so not you know not full blast here. Um, the I'd say the issue with that is that I don't know how much better he gets as you advance him through the ranks. Um, so I mean, this was this was just like a tragic thing where it, it wasn't just me. There there was definitely a lot of people pulling for Garth. He is an original Titan, and then he comes into the game, and I I honestly think that this is one of the most poorly designed kits that we have seen in a very very long time um i've got kind of like a my my design theory for a lot of these characters is that they work well when they're niche so you know you think of it's like oh here's a turn meter down tune here's a strength down tune here's a strength up tune things that you can kind of look at a tune immediately and build them into whatever and, and the way that they do that is by narrowing down what they do to maybe about three or four different effects. A couple different buffs maybe, but you know, for the most part, keep it narrow. Garth has, I think, 11 different things that he does in his kit, and he doesn't do any of them particularly well. Um, so, so that was kind of the, the first big knock against him. The other major issue is that, unfortunately... 
his game right now does not play the way that his kit reads. And we don't know yet whether or not that's bugged uh, or whether or not this is just like actually what they intended with him. So such that he's he's a lot, a lot worse than than he looked on paper. Um, now, what what is that specific yeah. ability that you're referring to? Yeah, so so there's two. Um, there's two that unfortunately the the way they played out. The the first, well, I'll I'll talk about his active skill first, and this is something that played out over the course of this week. So the first one is his three. Um, his three is a very interesting skill where it um, it applies. It was supposed to apply, we should say, five strength downs on a single target. And then for every strength down, you apply an additional intelligence down. So you're looking at that skill. You're like, okay, that is a good skill that does heavy special damage. It's going to apply five strength downs and five int downs at least. And people were looking at that and thinking like, oh, you could really pair that really well with Stargirl, Medfill, uh, Aqualad, Calderam, such that like if they have a ton of strength downs, you can now neuter any single character in the game by just crushing them with int downs and strength downs. The problem is the the kit that Reeves released says that it was a 100% chance to apply those moves or those debuffs. And then when the kit came out in the game, there was only a 50% chance. So it's like, okay, this, this appears to be a bug because as you upgrade the skills, the percentages match to raise a skill from exactly 50% to 100%. They must have just meant to make those a chance increase instead of damage. So we reported that, and they did their first wave of bug fixes this week. And lo and behold, WB just kind of doubled down and said, oh, uh, yeah, the the kit that Reeves released was inaccurate. Uh, It's not going to increase the chance of those skills, which is kind of a scary thing to happen. Um, because for, from what I can tell, at least right now, it appears that a bug was in the game, and rather than fix it, uh, they've just decided to call it a feature. Um, which, sometimes that can be beneficial, like we just got the, the Aquaman situation, and the World's Greatest Detective situation, and the Mr. Freeze, where they're getting beneficial bugs written into their kits. This was the example of the opposite. This is a negative bug being written into the kit. Um, so that was kind of the, the one big blow, but the other really big one is his two passives. Um, a lot of people are looking at his passives, and they say, at the end of each turn, apply three crit chance ups, apply three or five mens, apply three speed downs, and apply three agility downs. Any time in the game that you see the phrase each turn. It doesn't mean his turn. It means ally and enemy turns. Yeah. And so people were looking at that and thinking, wow, like that's going to be very, very huge that he's going to be applying so many buffs and debuffs. You know, by the time you get to his turn, everybody's going to be showered with them. The way that it's playing in the game right now is that it's only occurring at the end of his turn. Um, and now that, again, has also been reported as a bug. It was not fixed in the first wave that they did this week, so we don't. But it also wasn't addressed. They, you know, it wasn't like they said with his three. They didn't say like, no, that is working as intended. So right now the jury is kind of out. Um, if they make that so it's actually at the end of each turn, Garth will become instantly like two tiers better 
Then yeah, I was going to say that he might be down. insanely good if that's the case. If yeah. it's every turn. I mean, three speed downs, I mean, you're going to be, you're never going to get a turn. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's why it looks so good. And then the five men's, I mean, everybody would be overhealed on your team in pretty quick order. Yeah. Um, with, o- with only basically, you know, his, his only counters sort of being Wonder Girl and Terra at that point, like so many others. So so it's uh, I, I won't bury him yet, um, but I will say that the jury is out until those passives. The uh, I, To say the one positive thing about his kit, his basic hits extremely hard um i i don't know why exactly i mean it says heavy special so it's right it's that's that's all it comes down to is just the the damage modifier on it must be extraordinary because even at l1 um that move hits really really hard and i think it's going to come to a situation where he's going to be a guy where you do his basic all the time. You, you almost never use his two because it's so heavily RNG and gated. Uh, you're just going to do his basic every move. You're going to try to call him assist as much as you can. And then everybody's just going to hope that his passives gets fixed in the way that, that we want them to be. Now, does his three, because this is heavy special damage, does his three do decent damage or no? It, no, it, it, it unfortunately does not, which is why I was making such a push that those those debuffs are so important um, because the move itself does not do a ton of damage. Um, and the other thing to keep in mind is the the legendary there appears like it's like, oh, for each strength down, apply an intelligence down. They have unfortunately tied that to the 50% gate that is in the, the base level skill. So if you take that legendary, it's not... Okay, fifty percent chance on the strength that it's all or nothing, wow. uh, unfortunately, right now. Yeah, so that's why I said that that was like a heavy nerf that they did in his first week. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe that gets fixed. I mean, if his his basic does great damage, and if they fix the other two passives, he could still be extremely good because he'll just bury yeah. debuffs everywhere, give you tons of mens, which will work great with. Uh, the character we'll talk about at the end and then you know put him on like dark side team where he's just using his basic all the time and that could be real yeah yeah i i think so too so i i think he might be serviceable i think right now he's just in a lot of uh muddy water uh to use the the phrase from his from his own kit uh and hopefully they make some changes but if not he is definitely a recommended slow gear for for a lot of players that need one now, his legendary order, I'm really struggling just looking at it, even if everything was correct. Yes. I'm not even sure <laughs> that, what That I, was one thing that I noted, too. Um, I would say if, if everything was correct, I would take the passives first because they would just be triggering so much. Um, it would be probably 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. That's kind of what I was um, thinking, too. Yeah. If, uh, if, unfortunately, those passives stay like they are, his three skill does become a little better um, because I'll say this: like it, it, it sucks that right now it's fifty percent, but when it does work, yeah, it it works very effectively. So I would take that first. I would at that point say three, five, four, two, one. Um, the one is almost entirely useless. I don't know why they just decided evasion downs. Um, again, it's just like that's not what he's designed for. So why is that in there? And they're not can't miss. So it's like if you're trying to apply them to a Harley, it, it's just going to miss anyway. Um, so that that one was pretty unfortunate. And then the two is just so heavily gated. It's it's a fifty percent chance and a sixty percent chance to do anything. 
Um, so, so I would definitely recommend those two last. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. All right, we'll save the best for last. So why don't we move to the rework before we get into um... sure. Tula, yeah. So, so Aqualad Cal, um, I, I, you know, the if you if you really want kind of the whole backstory on him, you could definitely go back and search through the uh, the archives for the first time that I talked about him. I will mention one very interesting thing about his lore and his character that we have in game. Um, and this is something that I just recently talked to uh, Owl Cthulhu about. Um, in game, what we have, we have a character named Aqualad. Calderon is his title. And then when you go into his bio, he's described as Jackson Hyde. <laughs> Those are technically two completely different characters. Um, Calderon is the character from Young Justice. And Jackson Hyde is his counterpart in the comics. And DC Comics has never said that those are the same character. Um, And in fact, they originally started very, very different, where Jackson Hyde had a different love interest. um, Aqualad Cal had a different love interest. Now, over the last decade, they have slowly begun to merge those two. They've kind of aligned it so that now both of them are... Uh, you know, black teen uh, LGBTQ characters who are the son of Black Manta. Um, you know, Aqualad has now been positioned as, in future state as the next Aquaman, which they've done kind of in both versions for both Aqualad and, or for both Cal and for Jackson. But if you go to like even DC Comics, their website right now, they will say that those are two different characters. DC Legends is the only place in the entire world where they are the same character. <laughs> it's like DCL took it upon itself to be like, you know what, DC, this is stupid. We're just going to call them what they are, which is that they're obviously the same guy and everybody's going to deal with it. Um, so, so that is actually one very unique and fascinating thing about this. Um, but I guess let's, let's talk about the rework and, and how that's been going. <laughs> I played with him. Very little, but today I did a, a little bit of testing before this episode, and I honestly don't notice much of a difference after this rework. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would say it's a little bit. Uh, it's I, I think it's more than just lateral. Like I don't think he's as I I, I would say that he's definitely better. Um, I think it will be more noticeable in in certain situations. Um, but just going through it the the heel is one of the biggest things so before his heel on his two was absolutely negligible um a lot of people didn't even realize and like it was a joke because his legendary was a 50 percent chance to double it and the the ongoing joke was well what's a 50 percent times zero oh it's still zero so now it's a 17 percent true heel which is fantastic because you don't have to guess what's coming you know that he's going to get 17 percent automatically and then if you take that legendary which you should half the time you're getting a third of a health bar Um, and because they made such a substantial upgrade to that skill they made his first passive to be a chance to reduce that to zero uh, the cooldown and what that winds up doing is you can wind up basically spamming that move Um, it provides damage immunity which is Want becoming very quickly to be one of the most uh, important buffs in the game when you've got like poison basically ignoring awareness and Shiva yeah. ignoring 
and awareness and that kind of stuff. So damage immunity is one of the last bastions of uh, you can't get hit by this. So that's really important. He's very, very fast still, so he can apply it a lot. Uh, and the heal itself is very, very good. You can send a lot of tunes that need overheal, like off to the races, which is cool. He works extremely well with Enchantress because it's a direct application. So, so that move is very, very good and very much improved. Um, his three is also very, very good against Darkseid and Spectre. Um, it unfortunately has a high cooldown. So... When you've got it, because it has that move where it's just remove all intelligence ups from the target. And you just have to choose your spot. Those two tunes, Spectre and Darkseid, they gain those intelligence ups at an absolutely ungodly rate. And you get one shot to clear them all of it. So you really have to say, okay, when am I going to do this? Let's pick the right time to do it. But once you do it, it completely resets that character such that they are no longer ramped up, which is fantastic. Um, that also, that skill now, especially with the legendary, it applies 10 bleeds automatically. That is the most single target bleeds that you can apply to anybody in the game. Um, and then with his passive of making them permanent, that is a really effective way that you can now stun a Wonder Girl, a Spectre, uh, you know, those types of situations, which is really, really good. Yeah, I really, I was really yeah. surprised at how good he was against Spectre when I was messing around with all blue teams against, you know, the right. standard teams, which I know that's what you like to run. But that, yeah. the 10 bleeds, because his awareness just, it, it ramps so insanely fast, and it keeps, mm-hmm. keeps that awareness off him which is awesome right which is yeah it's so important and and he you know specter is everywhere now specter is the new black flash like now that aquaman has has substantially limited how much black flash we really see uh, i've been playing a lot of pvp this week i plan to play a lot this month um but but specter i think is on like eight out of every 10 matches per board Uh, at least (laughs) so yeah, so so yeah, so I think that, that he is going to be useful. Um, I think the big issue that a lot of people are looking at and just scratching their head is his basic. Um, it's a very confusing skill with a limited application. He applies a strength down per intelligence up. Um, you know, I think this skill is, it just should have been edited a little bit to to apply something different because obviously burying Spectre in strength downs, the only thing that allows you to do is just stun him better. Um, the, the one application that I have found for this that has been kind of effective is against Lex teams, which is, you know, Lex provides intelligence ups, but nobody runs necessarily a Lex team thinking like, oh, I have to use all special damage tunes. They, they run whoever they want because they use him for the overheal. So Lex winds up throwing out these intelligence ups that a character may not need, but that you can then use against them to apply extra strength downs on that enemy. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. If, if strength worked like intelligence does, um, you know, and they just got rid of agility, which is a stupid stat, um, th- this would make a lot more sense, but it just right. 
Yeah, so so my thought is either there's something coming down the road that this is going to be designed to prevent, or more likely, unfortunately, uh, it just was a poorly designed skill. But but I think that's what a lot of people are doing is they're reading that basic and thinking like, oh, this makes no sense. Um, but then in reality, a lot of his skills are they're a lot better. His his second passive is unfortunately rarely triggers. Uh, as well, so so that one's still pretty weak, and I wish that they had maybe made it a two-turn damage immunity instead of one. It's it's effectively a flicker buff right now. Um, but otherwise, like I said, you know, I, he's. I think the only reason people are let down is because this year we are so accustomed to seeing very low-tier characters get made over into a S-tier type stuff, and he's just not making that jump. Um, but I do think he's at least a full tier or more better than he was. Yeah, I agree. He's he definitely is improved. Um, he's more he's much more usable than he was. I think this siege he'll see a lot of play. Yeah, I think so too. But um, let's let's see if we changed any of the legendaries before we had one first, which I would definitely say that's definitely not probably not the case anymore. I would lean three yeah. first. Would you agree with that, or you'd think different? Um, I, I'm a little torn on this. I think there's two ways to go about it. Um, there's, if you intend on using him as that heal support tune, you've got to take that two first. Okay. Um, but if you want to go full on bleed tune with him, um, I would say you can bump that two kind of towards the end and take that, that three, one, four, to just make him that he's he's really one of the best bleeders in the game, um, so so it's it's sort of like he's one of those tunes that may have two different builds. You know, if you gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do a bleed yeah. build and then yeah, and then heal support build. Right. So I you know I think people can play around with that how they like. I would say if you can only let's say you're a new player, you can only get him L1. It's probably better to take that that two. Um, but if you have the ability to get at least L3, definitely go with that bleed version. I would recommend trying to get him to four and then just everybody can leave off the five because it just doesn't trigger all that much. Yeah. So we would say two, four, three, one, two, or three, one, five, if we're doing, um, the, yeah, I think that that could work. Yeah. If we're doing the heal support. And you think he fits a little better in the heal support builds, personally? I I think so. Um, I, I think he works at both, though. I really yeah. do. But but that heal thing, I mean, he can be really effective. Um, I have used him on these teams with Enchantress and Starfire, where Enchantress, she's going to trigger her AoE every time he heals somebody, and Starfire's going to do her basic every time he heals somebody. So then you're just off to the races where you've got AoE, basic by starfire then by the time starfire's turn rolls around she drops just an enormous nuke um and they're already buried in intelligence downs from enchantress so that's a really fun comp if you're if you're looking for something like that yeah i'm gonna have to play around with that because i love starfire (laughs) yeah he's he is really really good with starfire all right now let's do the best for last (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, the main event, uh, Tula. So there, there were definitely some some people scratching their heads saying, like, who is Tula? I really have not encountered her that much. For those of us that are Atlantis fans, she is a mainstay. She has been around um, since, you know, the, the 1960s, which you can kind of see in her basic gear. Um, you know, that costume was her original costume of Aqua Girl, where they were just playing off like mod fashion at the time. Um, but but Tula, she she in, she's introduced as just kind of an auxiliary character for Aquaman. She serves as like Aquaman's babysitter for uh, a lot of it, where, where she's taking care of, of Aqua Baby. Um, and then, you know, they slowly make her better and better. She she becomes Aqua Girl because she has this very close relationship with Garth, Aqu- Aqua Lad. Um, she helps out the Titans kind of anytime there's a ocean situation that pops up. And then uh, they kill her. Uh, Kemo actually kills her uh, during the crisis on Infinite Earth. Spoiler alert, um, she, she dies of acid pollution in the ocean after uh, Kemo drops a whole bunch of, uh, we'll call them dooms, like right into Jeez. the ocean. Uh, <laughs> so she dies, and she doesn't come back for a while. She, she gets brought back to life. Um, Brother Blood brings back a whole bunch of dead people to come back to life and she does and then she dies again and then she comes back again brought back to life during the blackest night situation and again uh doesn't survive when she's not one of the characters picked by the white light to like be brought back to life permanently so so that was her her backstory for a long time is she she's just sort of this auxiliary character new 52 rolls around and they've decided to upgrade her exponentially um, they give her two very important parts of her backstory, which is one, she's no longer this like fun-loving babysitter. She is the commander of the Drift, which is a unit of the Atlantean army. Um, they're often tasked with like pr- protecting royalty, and um, she becomes essentially like one of Atlantis's biggest military advisors. Um, and then two, they make her the half sister of Ocean Master. Um, as a way to kind of bring her into the fold even more. So so Orm is now, he's got this half-sister through his father's side, which is Tula. He's got the half-brother on his mother's side, which is Aquaman. So he's now positioned to be in a better spot. Tula becomes more important. And that's when now, since then, um, you know, she has appeared in a lot more comics and uh, other places as this really great warrior. Um, she's in Young Justice as well, so so she shouldn't be completely unknown. But for my eyes, she is one of the last really good Atlantean characters that they could add to the game. And so I think they just decided to pull the trigger on that for now. Um, so that's that's basically Tula. She's she's one of those characters that they keep killing off, but but she's right now in in uh, Rebirth and and Future State. She's she's got a good role in Atlantis. So in the game. You really like her. I love her. Um, I loved her at L1, uh, and now I love her even more at RB3. <laughs> and, uh, she will definitely be RB5 by, by the end of the month, I would say. Um, she is a character that is... She, she does require setup, right? She's not a plug-and-play. She, I'm not going to call her an S-tier character that you can stick her in any comp, and she will be wildly successful. But 
her setup is so easy to do with a bunch of already S-tier characters that she becomes instantly usable. Um, and that is based on her passive. Uh, it's the second passive called The Drift, um, which gives her a 75% chance to gain five intelligence ups anytime an ally receives events. So when she debuted, she was broken, uh, and unfortunately they fixed it right away, which is she was receiving those intelligence ups anytime anybody healed at all. Uh, so it, it, was, it was working on like Aqualad Cal's heal that doesn't even in, in, implicate men's whatsoever. Uh, it was working when like a character was receiving the heals from their men's. So she was just doing these outrageous feats of strength. Um, but since then, they they have mostly fixed it. Um, I think they made it worse now, which is now that the legendary point doesn't quite apply as uh, consistently as it should. But it's still very good. And and what happens is if you pair her with Aquaman, Aquaman, everybody knows, he ramps his speed like crazy with the turn meter because of his basic, where he he gets to do his two, he gets to do his one, he just keeps gaining turn meter if he's mending, and his basic gains mends. So you will get into these situations where between turns, like between Tula's turns, because she's actually pretty slow, she's, she's speed uh, 110, um, Aquaman may do his basic four or five times, you know, and now you've just added between 15 and 25 intelligence ups on Tula. Then so the, that those, is why. <laughs> it says those so intelligence good. ups are two turns. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Um, so they do last and it, the 75% chance does seem accurate as well. Like she, she definitely gains them far more often than not. Um, but keep in mind, it's not just Aquaman, you know, Aquaman for me is the best way to do it. But Barda, when she does her two, uh, the active taunt, that works really well. Um, she has now made Mera an instantly more viable character. She has made Bane an instantly more viable character. Um, and so she's gaining these, these intelligence ups when they mend. Those characters are mending. Um, the only thing to keep in mind for those of you wondering, it does have to be an active application of mends. So... Um, like it works really well with Medfill, but only when he actively applies men's. Star Sapphire, all her men's are passive, so she's not gonna um, at least trigger that aspect of Tula's kit. So, um, yeah, I mean that passive alone just makes her she hits so hard with it. And then on top of that, the damage modifiers on her one and her three are wild uh especially her three when she's loaded up with men's and intelligence ups it becomes can't miss and i have seen her one shot reds blues greens with it the whole works um once once she gets sufficiently ramped her basic is very very good because it applies the two strength downs the two intelligence downs which is already good on its own and then oh yeah 30 percent turn meter down as well um the two is even very, very good because it gives her survivability where she gets the damage immunity. She triggers herself with the four men's, so she gains 30% shield, four men's, I think an extra 20% shield, 
And oh yeah, it calls an assist from a teammate. It's like, this is a kit. This is the opposite of Garth, where Garth, you look at it and you're like, I don't understand why this makes sense at all. This is just everything is in perfect sync with each other. You know what's strange is the free character seems to be the crappier one almost every month. Yeah, yeah. And they, they definitely flipped that with this. Um, and it, it's an interesting thing where when, when people well, are I meant to say the reverse, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Cause yeah. The... I mean, for me, I was, like, so excited to get Garth shards, and then I was like, oh, well, he's not going to be in Siege, or he, I will have to play Siege, and there's no raid at the end of the month, so you don't get those. And then as it turns out, Tula is just way better. So I would, if you haven't already, I would recommend, there's still time, do her event, get as many shards of her as you can this month, because you're going to want her L5 for the future, because she's just, she's fun. Like, that above all else is, it's fun to see how you can trigger her passive and then just drop that bomb on everybody. She might um, actually be good in raids, too. Um, because if you pair her with some, depending on the raid and how things pan out, but she might work out if you're pairing her with characters that mend, and then because her passive ability calls an assist, there there right. might be something that you can you could do. So with that. I have been using her in this this raid. Um, you know, I don't know when this is going to air, but we've got raids going on right now, and I have been just just seeing how it goes. And what I would say is the damage is not really all that there, but. Um, if you pair her with a dark side or a Kyle Rayner, so you're calling her basic as an assist, she's applying 30% turn meter down on the boss and just loading them up with intelligence downs and strength downs. So she enables dark side and specter to do their thing, um, in terms of, yeah. So, so that's why I think she'll, she'll be good. She, she's, she's going to be like a raid support tune where if you're in a situation where the damage is not necessarily adding up. Uh, she can be a viable option. You know, obviously it's not going to work against Trigon or Superboy Prime, but um, you know, she's just like a fun way to to maybe spice up your raid a little bit too. Oh, that's right. I forgot because we don't have raids in December. She won't be a bonus tune. So, right, exactly. So, so that was unfortunate too. Um, you know, the December tunes they kind of get forgotten. A lot of people slept on Red Tornado last year for the same reason that he just didn't get a raid. Yeah. Yeah, but she um. I took her L5. I played around with her. I only got to do about 30 minutes of playtime before we recorded this, but I was actually very impressed. I mean, I only ran her with Aquaman, Lad, and I think I think the matches I did was Aquaman, Lad, and Mira, and I was surprised you could take on full-on, you know, Barda Spectre teams, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fantastic to see. I mean, obviously, Green, she destroyed... Uh, one of the clips that I provided to you, she she does like three hundred thousand damage to Arcus, uh, but but she does she holds her own against the Reds and the the Blues, which is really really cool to see too. Um, she's she's not like a Doctor Poison AOE. It's not just going to absolutely decimate anything and everything. But if you ramp it sufficiently, it can completely change the entire course of a match, which is which is a lot of fun. So is she um. I was stupid and took her against. I did that blue team against a red hood team and deleted the video. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, he's probably the best person to use against uh, these these mending teams. But yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, the, the counters for these teams, I, I think we actually could get to see a little bit more uh, Black Manta play, too, because there's going to be so many men's flying around, and he converts them to bleeds, which is a lot of fun. So uh, he, unfortunately, I think needs a little bit of a rework himself. But if you protect him, he can really shut down all of these Atlantis teams, which is, like, very appropriate. Uh, which So I think that that's, that's a nice little thing that they've built up here with DCL. Yeah, they did a good job. I it, I like her kit. Her kit's one of those. It's not too powerful. It's not too weak. It's just it's a well well rounded kit. Right, and I I also love that in general it pairs very well with the rest of the Atlanteans. Um, it works really well with Aquaman. Like I said, it also like Mera is instantly a relevant player again because she can turn Aqua Girl into this just nuclear weapon. Now for Legendary Order. She's a little bit of a tough one because she's got a lot of ones you want to take. Yeah, I think they're all really good. Um, I personally, I would say the one and the three are kind of tied for first um, because the the turn meter down is really effective, but the damage on that three is so, so good. And and every time, like that damage or that gate of uh, how many men's is, is very easy to meet. She can generally meet it on her own. Um, so I think that those are really important. Her her four is actually very good too because she's almost always overhealed. Um, so she's always going to get those two intelligence ups, which helps her a lot. My personal recommendation, I would say one or three first, followed by four, then the two, then the five, um, which is to say like if you're calling her call assist as her fourth most important move, like my recommendation is to just grab as many legendaries as you can. So so maybe like one, three, four, two, five, uh, with just the caveat that they're all really good. Yeah, that's. I, I definitely agree with you. The one and the three. If if you at least get to L two. If you have right. to, if you have to skimp a little bit, get to L two. Yeah, and her five, I would say not only is it last because I think it's the least helpful part of her kit, um, but also right now it is bugged. We're going to try to address that this week, but uh, it's supposed to give 20% shield to the tune that receives the men's um, or, or like that does the men's skill. So it's like Barda right now, every time she men's is gaining 20% shield, that's great. For some reason, it's not working on Aquaman. Um, like he should be at 100% shield basically anytime Tula is in a match, and it's just not working right right now. So I'm hoping that they fix that. They they already made one fix on that move this week, and so maybe in doing that they wound up breaking something else. Um, so hopefully they can get that sorted out. So um, the only other thing that I wanted to add about all these characters is the art this month is fantastic. Yeah, they uh, they've job. been knocking it out of the park. The both and and these are two that I really appreciate. Usually, what they wind up doing with a lot of these characters is their base uniform or base costume is just their regular comics appearance, and then their legendary is like some DCL centric version where they just get like a bunch of extra armor, and you're like, what the hell is this necessarily? Um, for this month in particular, they gave both of them kind of their old costumes, like their 80s costumes, and then for their legendary gave them their like new 52 or like current costumes, which is like a really fun thing that they're doing now. Um, you know, maybe ultimately one day 
Garth will get like his OG Tempest or his OG Aqualad costume. But for the most part, I thought that that was that was how they should be doing this is give instead of giving them some legendary costume that doesn't look like anything we've seen before, give them their old costume and then their new costume and and let all the people decide. That's that's how you're going to get people to spend a thousand gems for the skin change if they don't rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I bought for her I bought the skin change yeah it's fun I, I like her original costume I know some people don't love it um, but yeah I mean I think that that for her was how she was for so long the the new kind of warrior version it's fun when when you drop this giant bomb on her and, and she doesn't look like a babysitter like she looks like a fierce warrior but it's also fun the other way too <laughs> yeah I, I love her portrait like I think that's one yeah. of the better looking ones in the game Absolutely. Um, and Mira's portrait, too, for the new skin for this raid, I thought was outstanding. Like, it seems like within the last couple of months, they've really stepped up the, the art game for the portraits and the skins and that kind of thing. So I think that that's a really positive development. That was one thing I always wish this game would do, would do special portraits for, like, winning different things. Like, if you won Siege, you got a special portrait. It would be such a cheap, yeah. easy thing to do. Um, right. Or, you right. know, if you... You know, there's all kinds of different things you can do. You complete this event, you complete that event, give you a special, just just the portrait. It doesn't have to change the model. Um, right. Even the borders. Give us new borders. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe for RB5, you know, you are you go from gold to like a diamond border. Or right. You know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'd be down for that. But we, you've said it all again. Thank you, Zubaz, nice. for all your... Uh, yeah. Hopefully next month we get the burger back in the show, so it's less me talking and more burger. But uh, always, always happy to do it. Always have fun with this. Well, this this was your month anyway, so you were going to do the bulk of the. That's true. So So once once we see what January brings us, and hopefully, hopefully DCL January brings us something new. Yeah, that would be wonderful. But anyway, thank you very much for coming on Zubaz, as always, and um, absolutely enjoy your raids, everybody. All right. Have a good one, everybody. All right, take care. For anyone still learning how to be an adult, if cheese has mold on it, you should throw it out. You can also become an adult by becoming a Patreon. Become a Patreon today and get special perks like Patreon-only episodes, early reviews, and content based on your requests. Just go to patreon.com forward slash WROL broadcast.